Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sorry to disappoint Stormy Bonantoni on assignment. She's a big star. She's on television. So uh, Tim Murray filling in for her today, but a lot to get to as we start things with the top five stories that you need to know. You know, she's out of town, but we still keep rolling with her show. And let's start. With a bowl update, because it is bowl season, and we are at the half. Purdue firing a little comeback here. The steam was on Rocky Top, 23-21 to at the half. Big reason for that line move. David Bell out for Purdue. George Karloftis out for Purdue. The motivation thought to be on the Volunteers' side. They had a 21-7 lead, and now it has been wiped away. A late turnover, Purdue scoring in the closing seconds to give them a 23-21 lead. And if you had a first-half money line bet or just had a first-half bet, if you laid the four-and-a-half with Tennessee in the first half, it was 21-16. You had the ball. What possibly could go wrong? Well, Tennessee could turn it over and Purdue could score a touchdown. So 23-21 to where we sit on game two of our four-slate uh, bowl today. Earlier today... How about a dog? Finally, you know that 13 of the last 16 favorites had covered? Well, make it 13 of the last 17 because earlier today, South Carolina hammered North Carolina by a final score of 38 to 21, the biggest outright dog winner of the bowl season today. You could have found as high as plus 390 out there at some spots. So South Carolina gets the win. Shane Beamer gets the mayo bath, which I'm sure he uh, thoroughly enjoyed down there in lovely Charlotte, North Carolina. So the dog biting earlier today, late field goal in that one got to the over 57 and a half late field goal by South Carolina makes it 59, 38 to 21 there. Certainly looks like an over in uh, in the Music City Bowl, 44 points in that first half with a closing total of 67. Still to come, we got Pittsburgh taking on Michigan State. This line now continuing to move in the direction of the Spartans. Remember, no Kenny Pickett, no Kenneth Walker. Uh, will be uh, interesting to see how Pittsburgh uh, comes out. Uh, with their backup quarterback who threw, a, I think, a total of 16 passes earlier uh, this season. So Kenny Pickett gone, top five in the Heisman. Kenneth Walker gone, top 10 in the Heisman. Your Doak Walker winner. But this line has continued to move steadily towards Michigan State. Pittsburgh did open way back when as a favorite. Kenny Pickett opts out, and slowly the steam has moved towards Michigan State. And then late night here in Las Vegas, we will have Wisconsin taking on Arizona State, 730 Pacific, 1030 Eastern. Wisconsin 
Wisconsin. The steam on the Badgers as they are now laying eight or seven and a half, depending on where you look. It was at six yesterday to Wisconsin dealing with uh, not a ton of opt-outs, while Arizona State certainly has uh, has some shoes to be filled. And we'll talk more about that coming up with Adam Burke momentarily. All right, let's get to uh, the next story that you need to be following. Hey, the college football playoff. By this time tomorrow, Cincinnati and Alabama will be on the field. Where are we with this total? Where are we with this line? Cincinnati and Alabama. Alabama still a 13-point favorite in most spots, 13.5 in others, depending on where you look. As you see on the graphic there at DraftKings, it's 13.5, 13 here at Circa. Total 57, 57.5 between the Bearcats and the Crimson Tide. Georgia and Michigan. Their odds remaining the same, seven and a half, despite what feels like the public being heavily on the Wolverines. The line stays at seven and a half, relatively low total of 45. Uh, some question marks about the availability of Michigan's cornerback, first team all conference, uh, Dax Hill. He is apparently not with the team right now. Jim Harbaugh playing very coy. Maybe he could show up. So something to keep an eye on there with the Michigan Wolverines. Will they be with Dax Hill, who reportedly is not with the team right now in the Sunshine State? On to the NFL and your top five stories you need to know to start my guys in the desert. Lamar Jackson, that ankle injury continued to linger there. You saw some video of him uh, you know, throwing in practice. Did not look great a couple days ago. Seems unlikely right now. He was absent in the portion of Ra uh, Ravens practice uh, with the media available. As they, as we know, they play the Rams this weekend. That number starting to move up. It was sitting there at three and a half now up to four. Good news, though, Tyler Huntley was activated off the COVID-19 list. So we'll see uh, what happens with the Ravens. And then Big Ben saying today that it is likely going to be this weekend his final game. At Heinz Field, uh, Big Ben has been flirting with the thoughts of retirement. They are taking on the Cleveland Browns. They are a short home underdog. Will that lead to some added motivation? Look, Pittsburgh's not out of this thing to win the division. I think at DraftKings, around 12 to 1 to come back and win the division. So there you have it. Your top five stories you need to know on this New Year's Eve Eve. And to talk more college football, bring in a man that you know if you readvson.com point spread weekly our college football bowl betting guide pretty much anything we write it's mostly written by him at humans jvt someone like that wes reynolds uh adam burke what's up man how's it going man good to be here with you good to have you in and let's uh let's jump right into the college football playoff it's here it's tomorrow by this time tomorrow uh they will be on the field uh in uh at jerry's world you know this it took me a long time to fire away on a bet adam in uh, either one of these semifinals um, and ultimately, the first play I made was to the under uh, in Cincinnati and Alabama. I got it at 57 and a half. If you were quick to the draw, you could have got like a 58, 58 and a half, uh, Adam. And, you know, the way I look at this thing, and I was just talking with JVT and Wes about it, I feel like this has the makings, in my opinion, of a similar blueprint to Notre Dame, Alabama last year. Now, I know that the same playmakers are gone, you know, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Najee Harris, but I think. If Nick Saban has his way, he'll want to get out 10 points and then just kind of keep him at arm's length, let Brian Robinson Jr. just kind of wear on them, lean on them. And then I look at Cincinnati offensively, and I just have my questions whether or not they have enough playmakers to get it going. I know Jerome Ford's had some big runs this year. 
He's, you know, exceptional talent, started his career at Alabama. Desmond Ritter probably going to be a first-round pick. But I certainly have my questions when you have the offensive line, which is probably the biggest weakness of Cincinnati going up against an Alabama defensive line. That's not vintage, but still pretty solid. Will Anderson running around out there. So that's the play I have. What, what have how have you handicapped this game and looked at the first semifinal tomorrow? Yeah, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense, Tim. And, and look, I mean, I like Alabama in this game. I haven't made the play yet, mm-hmm. but I don't really think this line's going to go too far. Maybe it touches 14. We could see some buyback at that point in time. What you say about the offensive and defensive lines for Cincinnati, I think are important points to make in this game because we're talking about the SEC now. We're not talking about the AAC anymore, where they can push teams around, where they can be the team that's the aggressor in the second half, wears the other team down. That's what Alabama is going to try to do to them. I think your blueprint for this game is absolutely right. I think Alabama wants to start fast, maybe through the air with Jamison Williams. Maybe they work in some other guys now that John Mechie is out for this one. But to me, it is one of those situations where I think Alabama wants to play from in front and then wants to just salt the game away in the second half. And they should have the ability to do that. So I think if you like the under, I think there's also a bit of a correlation here to kind of liking Alabama if you expect that to be the game script and the way that this one's going to go. And one other thing here, too, that could lend some credence to its underpoint that you, or to the underpoint you just made, Cincinnati this year, 7 for 17 on field goals. Mm. So if they get into the red zone and they can't get into the end zone, then Alabama's going to make them pay for it. So that's something I think was really concerning for Cincinnati. They could have some long red zone trips where they end up with nothing. That's just completely demoralizing in a game like this. Yeah, and I don't want this to sound like a, you know, Cincinnati doesn't deserve to be there. They're no good. They got they got pro talent, especially on the defensive side. You know, Maji Sanders, Kobe Bryant, uh, Sauce Gardner, Brian Cook. I mean, these guys are all going to play at the next level. Uh, but I, I want to go back to the Indiana game. And, you know, this is a long time ago, and some people might think you're crazy to even bring this up. Indiana ended up being terrible, which they were. But remember how important Micah McFadden was in that game for Indiana. Their best defensive player, maybe the best linebacker that Cincinnati saw all year. He gets ejected from targeting. It flips the game like that. Mm -hmm. And Cincinnati ends up scoring a late touchdown in the first half to keep things kind of close. Remember, they were losing at the half to Indiana, and then they just ran away with it. Would they have done that anyways? It's possible. But I think when you think about Micah McFadden and how he was able to really wreak some havoc prior to the targeting, Will Anderson's on another level, man. I mean, he is so incredibly talented. I I know his... His quotes this week were kind of laughable. Hey, we're always the underdog. We felt, you know, like people have overlooked us. I don't know how Nick Saban does it with that magic mojo down there. I mean, they're the number one team in the country. They've got the Heisman Trophy winner. They're a 13-point favorite, but yet they're the underdog. But I think Will Anderson is 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 really a massive X factor in this game because I just am very curious to see how, you know, Mike, uh, you know, Mike Elston, uh, not Mike Elston, um, I'm trying to – Blanket on the uh, offensive coordinator's name from Cincinnati, but how they go about attacking uh, this Alabama defense. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. And furthermore, too, I mean, you know, look, and give Cincinnati full credit. I mean, being the first group of five team to make the playoff, they deserve all the credit in the world for it. But when you come from the AAC, you have increased margin for error. You know, if, if something doesn't go your way in the first half, you know you're the better team in the second half. This is a game where Cincinnati does not have that margin for error. You know, they got that big break in that game against Indiana Mm -hmm. that they could very well have lost with the way that that first half was going. So it's one of those things where, you know, you really worry about Cincinnati if they kind of face some adversity in this game. They can overcome it in the AAC. 
it's a lot more difficult to do against a team like Alabama. Yeah, right now still 13, 13 and a half, a total of 57 and a half. If you like the under, if you like the over, 57s can be found. We'll see. I mean, we've seen a lot of movement in all these bowl games about an hour, two, three before, uh, before they kick off. More on this game and Georgia and Michigan. Adam Burke going to hang out uh, for another segment. Uh, check him out at Skating Tripods. But, folks, if you missed any part of our show or any of the shows on the VSIN schedule, don't forget to check out our free, F-E-R-E-E, great word, sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, or you can download and listen on your schedule. Head over to vsin.com slash podcast. Get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got the Lombardi line, Hardwood Handicappers. They're all free, available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. More college football playoff talk next. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you. Welcome back in this segment of, the, of My Guys in the Desert, almost said the nightcap, is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. For your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is... My guys in the desert, you know, it should roll off the tongue a little easier. I was on this show. This is the first show I did coming to VEASAN, Adam. But now I do the nightcap. Stormy is taking this show over and taking it to new heights that I can never, ever get it to. So Stormy on assignment uh, and uh, trying to fill her shoes today. I need Adam Burke's help, though, uh, as we continue to talk some college football. Uh, just by the way, at the half, Tennessee uh, up 21 to 7. And now down 23 to 21 over certainly trending that way. Your second half line where we sit uh, at Circa is Tennessee minus five. So full game Tennessee minus three for the full game trailing 23 to 21. Did you have a play on this game? 
Uh, you know what? I like the over. I kind of missed the boat with the number that was out there early on, and then it just kind of got a little bit too high for me. But at this point, it looks like it's uh, definitely trending towards the over for sure. Yeah, impressed. Uh, I mean, Jeff Brown, we were joking about it when I was on with uh, JVT and uh, and West just uh, prior to the show. But Jeff Brown, I mean, they've had three opportunities inside the 10-yard line that have led to field goals. They do get a late touchdown uh, thanks to a fumble. Once again, bit of a bad beat if you uh, laid the four and a half in the first half with Tennessee because it looked like you were going to get there. Second half underway in Nashville, and we'll see if Tennessee. I laid the four early on in bowl season. Uh, hopefully that is able to come home. Uh, maybe we get a middle because uh, I know Wes ended up taking the closing number of eight with, uh, with Purdue. All right, back to the college football playoff. So it, it seems like, just to kind of sum it up, um, you and I, I feel like, are, are a little similar on this. You, you think it's going to be lower scoring, lean towards Alabama, haven't made a play yet. I like the under. If I had to play it, I would probably lay it. Even though I think Cincinnati has the talent, they're deserving of being there, they've got pro-level pro guys, I, I've just seen this story too many times. I've seen Alabama have four weeks to prepare for you, and they are usually know every nook and cranny that you're going to throw their way. So uh, I, I don't think I'll ultimately have a play in this game on a, on a side, but I do like the under, and I still like the under at 57 and a half. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Again, I mean, it is a pretty big number. And, and furthermore, too, I mean, look, you know, let's say that maybe Cincinnati comes out with something special mm-hmm. in the first half. I mean, I think Luke Fickle's an outstanding head coach. I agree. So maybe Cincinnati comes out with something special, you know, in the first quarter, in the first half, something like that. Maybe you can get Alabama minus seven, minus seven and a half live, get some kind of better number than what's out there for the full game, especially if because as you and I've talked about here, Tim, we think that they're going to wear Cincinnati down in the second half. So maybe you don't have to make a full game play. Maybe you just make a second half play if the situation presents itself. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the other semifinal, uh, which uh, is is the headliner for a reason. I mean, this is tremendous. It's great for college football, the sport you and I, Adam, love. Uh, You know, I know you're an Ohio State fan, but having new blood. Look, I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I didn't want them to make it in. A, because I thought they'd get destroyed. B, because uh, I just want new blood, and I like that Cincinnati's in it, and I do like that Michigan's in it. This, to me, and like I said, I haven't made a play yet on this. I'm leaning towards the dogs here, um, and this is seeming very like a trendy dog situation. Now, the line was was wrong, I guess, for the SEC championship. Georgia went off as a six-point favorite, right? And they get their doors blown off. Now the look ahead line's like two and a half in favor of Georgia. It's now seven and a half for Michigan. So you're telling me there's a you know a point, point and a half difference. The the thing that I think is uh, an issue for Michigan is this Alabama posed mismatches attacking their secondary. Jamison Williams, Mechie. Now you want to run it down Georgia's throat. Good luck. Good luck doing that. Yeah, no, I think it's a really fair point. I mean, I it, it pains me to say this, and I talked about this last night on primetime like action. Michigan? Yeah, I hate it as an Ohio State <laughs> fan. It, it makes my blood boil. But at the same time here, I also think this is a lower-scoring game, mm-hmm. and I'm getting seven and a half points for the points. Michigan team that I think is as legit defensively as their profile looks. Mm-hmm. I don't think Georgia's offense is really all that good. The SEC East specifically did not have good defenses this year for the most part. Georgia led. Georgia won every game except for the Clemson game by 17 points. What do they do if they're in a dogfight? What do they do if they're in a close game? Can you trust Stetson Bennett to get that big third and eight or JT Daniels or whoever it may be? That's the worry that I have for Georgia here in this game and why I think Michigan can actually keep it close. 
To your point, yeah, it's going to be hard to run it at, into the teeth of the Georgia defense. And Ohio State's run defense was not good throughout the year. So I don't know if that's a great barometer for the Wolverines. But I do think that the way Cade McNamara has developed, mm -hmm. the way Josh Gaddis has reinvented this offense on the fly with some different run schemes, with some different play action stuff, quicker throws, getting the ball out faster, a lot of the things that really work for a team like Ohio State, really work for a team like Alabama. I think they can apply some of those concepts here in this game against Georgia, have some success moving the football, and again, seven and a half, a big number with a total of just 45. Yeah, and like I said, I haven't I haven't uh, laid it yet, and uh, that's the way I'm leaning towards. If I get a seven, I think that's the way I'm, I'm going to go. And I think the Do you think you will? I, I don't. I, I don't. Touchdown Tennessee, by the way. So good start. Within uh, two minutes and 15 seconds, Tennessee backers, you could breathe some fresh air uh, as they do get a score there on their opening drive against Purdue. I, that's my hunch. I mean, you know, looking around, it looks like uh, it looks like DraftKings has a juiced uh, juiced seven and a half for Michigan. So maybe it's trending that way. I don't think it gets there, but I mean, uh, we will see. But um, you know, I, we were talking to John Jansen, who's on the uh, broadcast team, former Michigan Wolverine. Obviously, a little bit biased, but I, I, I respect his opinion. Obviously, and. I think he brought up some good points, and and one game to point to, Adam, is the Wisconsin game. Now, look, Wisconsin, athletically, uh, not the same level, but they are stellar defensively, and Michigan couldn't really run against them, but Josh Gaddis was creative, and they were able to force turnovers uh, with, you know, the turnover machine that is Graham Mertz. So if they could force some turnovers, I think that's my hesitation in this spot is there's a lot of kind of uh, – whispers JT Daniels JT Daniels. like how does Stetson Bennett respond to that you know I, I will say this though playmaking wise I think George Pickens fully healthy is is a game changer for for Georgia yeah I think that's fair and and the thing I really like about Michigan actually along with what Gaddis has done offensively I mean they hired a 34 year old defensive coordinator in Mike He's McDonald been awesome. who came over from the Baltimore Ravens so one Harbaugh helping the other and that's what I'm talking about I think Michigan kind of fell into this trap of status quo you know, Harbaugh would hire these guys that, you know, he's known in the industry for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Now they've got younger coordinators. They've gotten more creative. Their players are performing up to their potential and their expectations now. And I think that we're going to see that kind of play out here in this game, especially with extra prep time and especially with look. I mean, you want to talk about athleticism? You want to talk about speed on the edges, the ability to attack vertically, all that? Few teams can do it better than Ohio State, and Michigan shut them down mm -hmm. for the most part. Yeah. So you got to give them a lot of credit for that. And I, I just, Georgia has the statistical profile, but I don't think their offense is anywhere near as explosive as their yards per play would suggest. Yeah, and there's a reason this total's at 45, folks. I mean, you look at that defense littered with uh, pro talent uh, for Georgia Dean, Davis, Walker, Tyndall, and then you look at Hutchinson and Ajabo. Both of those guys are going in the first round. So, I mean, there is crazy defensive talent all over the place. So, uh, have you made it? Have you taken the points yet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Reluctantly. Is it, is it because you're you're an Ohio State fan? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. it and look, I, I will say this. For the sake of the rivalry, I, I don't mind that Michigan's good again. I mean, I certainly I love Ohio State winning by 20 every year. That's really cool. But, <laughs> you know, it's also nice to see well, the idea for a competitive game down the line, too. As a Notre Dame fan, I hate that Lincoln Riley's now a USC coach. I, I enjoy beating my rival. But I guess, you know, when you do it like 50 straight years like you guys did, uh, there at Ohio State. Let's get to your Buckeyes real quickly. New Year's Day, Rose Bowl. Obviously, the opt-outs are massive. Alave, Wilson, Petit Friere, uh, defensive lineman as well goes. 
Is it getting too out of control? I mean, looking at South Point right now, Ohio State only three and a half, Adam. Is this starting to get to the buyback spot on Ohio State? I absolutely think it is. I mean, look, they still have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who awesome. is awesome. He's, he might be the best slot receiver in the NFL within the next five years. Still have Travion Henderson. Still have C.J. Stroud, who, yeah, okay, he doesn't have Olave and Wilson, but obviously runs this offense pretty well. Defensively, they got much better as the season went along, with the exception of stopping the run there against Michigan. Utah doesn't have the talent or the athleticism, I should say, that Ohio State has, even with the guys that the Buckeyes are missing. So for me, I think we are reaching a buyback point here on Ohio State. I get it. They had to give tickets back to the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. They don't seem super excited. Utah is going to sell the place out. But Ohio State's just that talented that I think they might be okay here. So if this goes to three and a half market wide or if we maybe find a three, I'll go ahead and take Ohio State. Yeah, it's getting to that point. Very trendy dog. I grabbed seven. I felt like Olave and Wilson were going to opt out. But now I'm starting to feel like you. Maybe we find that sweet spot, that middle. If it hits three, uh, maybe you roll that way. By the way, my apology. I couldn't remember the offensive coordinator for Cincinnati. Mike Denbrock, thanks to uh, Darren Pritchett there uh, in, uh, in South Bend. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. There he is, uh, Mr. Adam Burke. Skating tripods. Always busy on the Twitter machine. It is the uh, my guys in the desert. Ah. to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, well, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, host of that show. Heard he's pretty talented. Will Hill, he'll be joining us in just a moment. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and my hometown, Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Tim Murray sitting in for your normal host, Stormy Tony, here on My Guys in the Desert. And before we bring on Will the Thrill Hill, let's play a little game that Stormy likes to play. Fade or follow. And if you know me, you probably know which way I'm going to go. Let's go first to the NBA. Got the Nets taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. Nets starting to get healthy. Guys coming out of the protocol. Look at that. 96% of the handle is on the Brooklyn Nets. Philadelphia on the other side. Now that line's going up to five and a half. Oh, man. Am I going to do something I hate to do? I am, aren't I? I'm going to follow the public gross. Uh... I'll lay it with the Nets at five. I don't like it. I don't. I might have to take a shower after that one. All right, fade or follow. Let's go to the NHL. Flames on the money line minus one forty at the Seattle Kraken. Ninety-seven percent of the handle is on the Calgary Flames. So a road favorite is catching ninety-seven percent of the handle and ninety-three percent of the bets. Oh, then I gotta go with the Kraken. Give me the home team. A little plus money on the Seattle Kraken. I'll grab the, the plus cash on the Kraken. Let's fade the public on that one. And then the finale here in Las Vegas, Wisconsin and Arizona State. I'm a little surprised to see that so many folks are laying it with Wisconsin. Uh, but, man, oh, call me Johnny Square. I'm with the public again? I do like Wisconsin. I certainly liked it under a touchdown, which it was yesterday. Uh, I don't think I'd play it at seven, but 
I'll do it anyways. Let's roll with the public. My goodness. Call me Huey Lewis in the news. Hopefully it's hip to be square uh, here tonight. All right, let's bring in the esteemed Will the Thrill Hill. You catch him on the New York City cast. He knows everything, though. He's all over our network, looking handsome, looking dapper in that black suit coat. Maybe Santa. Santa, bring that for you, Will? Santa brought it for me. I'm checking my phone periodically to see if Santa's going to bring my Purdue bet home. I know they got first and goal here. If you can keep me posted throughout the segment, I'd be much, uh, much obliged. That uh, that Purdue plus four and a half first half was a oh. was another gift from Santa. Man, they wow. were down five without the ball, and then they get a strip sack and uh, cashing in for a late touchdown. It's been a fun game. I mean, bowl season in general has not been that much fun with the opt outs, transfer portal, COVID. It's really you know a fun time of year that you know it's. it's it's really uh, taking a hit this year with all the opt-outs. But, uh, look, hopefully Purdue comes through for us. Have they gotten in the end zone yet? They have not. They're at the 10-yard line, third and goal. I got to ask, what number did you get? Because I hope Ooh. we both can be happy here because I laid Tennessee four way back when. So if you've got like eight or seven and a half, maybe we can get a happy middle. Yeah, I got a little on Tennessee minus four, and I just bought back a little on Purdue seven and a half. Oh, I just thought that was too much. Beautiful. I thought some of these lines were just an over A nice little middle here. Beautiful. Let's hope for it. All right, let's get to uh, the college football playoff. Getting rolling tomorrow. We just had Adam Birkin, got his thoughts on it. Need to get your thoughts as well as a throw to the end zone. And it looks like Purdue, did they make the catch? I think they did. Uh, So Purdue taking the lead back. Um, Alabama taking on Cincinnati. I told uh, Adam, and I've told our viewers uh, here on VEASAN, I like the under. I played under 57 and a half. Uh, Where are you looking in Alabama and Cincinnati? Yeah, that's probably a good bet with the under. You know, I really probably haven't looked at that enough. Um, look, I know a lot of smart people on Cincinnati for good reasons. This hasn't been a prime Bama team. They struggled, obviously, losing to AM, lost, uh, could have lost to Florida, LSU, really should have lost to Auburn. But to me, I just can't do it. I got to take Bama here with a month per- to prepare. You know, it c- kind of reminds me, week one every year, Bama usually plays a marquee team, whether it's USC, Louisville, Florida State, Miami. And people kind of talk themselves into why the underdog's a good play. And usually Bama just rolls and wins by 100. I think if you give Bama this much time to prepare, uh, this is a tough role here for Cincy. You know, to go from playing Tulsa and SMU and East Carolina, you know, this is like going from a knuckleball pitcher to a guy that throws 100. So I just think Bama will probably turn them over, maybe even score with their defense. I like Bama here, uh, minus the 13 and a half. Yeah, I, I I haven't played it yet. I would lean that way, Will, uh, and to your points, you know. I mean, you give Nick Saban four weeks to prepare historically in this spot. Look, last year, uh, look against Michigan State, Washington. I mean, he rolls generally in these spots. You know, the, Alab- uh, the Oklahoma game a couple years ago against Kyler Murray wasn't as close as the score indicated. So, you know, I think Cincinnati is absolutely deserving. I mean, my question about laying it with Alabama is – how quickly are they going to get off offensively with no Mechie? And you look at the corners uh, for Cincinnati. They haven't been tested as much, you know, uh, against a talent like Alabama. But, you know, Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, those are two pros, man. So it's going to be a challenge, I think, for Alabama early. Yeah, and it's a pro quarterback. Like I said, yeah. a lot of smart people are on Cincinnati. A lot of people I respect are on Cincinnati. Probably by the numbers, it's the right play. And, you know, you mentioned you had some square plays in your pocket going forward. To me, I feel like a square here with Bama. I just, I like to be a contrarian. I can't get myself to take Cincinnati. But it's weird. If they're up, you know, a touchdown late, I'll probably start pulling for them just because it'll be a good story. Especially if I see that Alabama can't cover uh, the spread. I'm just going to root for Cincy to win the game outright. And I I do have some uh, 
some Michigan futures, I think 35 Ooh. to one to win it all. So I'd like to see a situation where Cincinnati can get to the title game and, and Michigan can get there too. That'd be nice for my bet. Obviously, uh, they had a, a rough last weekend, Michigan, where it looked like they either play Cincy or Oklahoma State and then maybe Georgia in the finals. Now they got to deal with both the big boys here. At not the Will Hill on Twitter is where you can find our guest. You see him all over VEASAN. Well, you mentioned you've got a Michigan future. Are you going to be rolling with the Wolverines come tomorrow night? They're getting seven and a half, a total of 45. Kind of strength on strength on those on offensive line for Michigan, defensive line for Georgia. I love Michigan. I don't trust the coach for uh, Georgia. I don't trust the quarterback for Georgia. I think Michigan is nasty on defense. They got the best player on the field in Hutchinson. I think they'll be able to run it a little bit. I think this is an ugly, low-scoring game, not opposed to an under. But to me, this is, you know, a 23-20, just a a hard-fought game. I really like Michigan with the points. I give them a a decent shot to win the game. I don't trust Kirby Smart. I don't trust the quarterback. And, and look, Harbaugh, he's a guy who's been to a Super Bowl, nearly went to a couple more. I mean, he took over the 49ers and, you know, went to the conference title game his first three years with a, a pretty bad team in San Francisco. Uh, at least it was a bad team when he took over. He's a really good coach, I think an underrated coach. Again, a month to prepare. The coaching for me is, is a big factor. I love Michigan here. Yeah, haven't made a play leaning towards Georgia, but yourself and certainly some other smart folks, humans uh, on this network, like like the dog here. So it's making me cause, uh, make me pause here a little bit. So we will see where this number ultimately goes, but uh, really fired up for that one. Let's get to the NFL. We haven't hit on that much uh, on the show today with you know, bowl games going on in the college football playoff. Uh, a game that you and I, I think, are are similar on, and this is more of a, maybe a fate of the public. Look, the last time we saw Washington, they were absolutely embarrassed uh, on Sunday night football. Uh, they were able to clinch that season win total under, which was nice uh, for me. But they're now at home, and they're catching three and a half against Philadelphia. These two teams just played a couple weeks ago. But, you know, Garrett Gilbert was the starting quarterback for Washington. Is this a spot to back... Uh, a home dog here in Washington. I don't think many people are going to want to fire away on a team that just lost by 42. Yeah, I like Washington here. Maybe you hold out and get a four. Like you said, most people are probably going to be betting Philly. They're going to look at the recency bias of what Washington did on Sunday. They're going to look at Philly's win streak. But look at Philly's win streak a little closer. It's a a decimated Washington team on Tuesday night with Garrett Gilbert. You know, it's uh, Jake Fromm and Mike Lennon last week. It's, you know, Zach Wilson really hasn't been the most daunting of schedules. And these teams played two weeks ago, like we mentioned. The look-ahead line for that game was two and a half in Philly. And, of course, COVID happened, so it went from seven to to 10 to 12, back to seven, went all over the place. But it was two and a half, and that's in Philly. And that's not that long ago. Uh, And now we're in Washington, and it's three and a half. To me, this is a a total overreaction here. This, is to me, is more of a coin flip game. Give me Washington here. I know it's not pretty, but I will take the points here with Washington. Yeah, going at home catching those points, even though I, I certainly know uh, that this will be probably a pro Eagles crowd there. I don't think many people in Washington are going to want to yeah. head there on January 2nd. Um, final one, Will, before we let you run, at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Uh, let's go to Cincinnati, another home dog situation. The Bengals catching five, uh, seeing some four and a halfs out there, so maybe some money coming in on the Bengals. Uh, Bengals win this game. They lock up the division. So very important game for them. They're catching points at home. Uh, Kansas City's been red hot. What do you think of this one? Yeah, we talk about home field all the time, what it's worth, point and a half, point and three quarters. To me, this is going to be a huge home crowd for City. Uh, they have not had a lot of success. This is this building is going to be crazy, and they can go point for point with the Chiefs, who, again, they haven't had a, a great schedule recently either. They beat the Raiders twice, the Giants, 
the Packers without Rodgers, you know, Denver, where Denver moved the ball up and down the field on them. To me, this is a high-scoring game. Last team with the ball wins, you know, 31-28 kind of game. I love Cincinnati here. I give him a good shot to win the game. You can follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Check out the CityCast as well. He's been crushing it on his picks. Will, you're the man. Happy New Year. All right, Timmy. Happy New Year. Appreciate it, my man. There he is, Will Hill. We bring in Mike Palm and Derek Stevens to wrap things up next right here on My Guys in the Desert. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Listening to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. VP Big Game Special. Save 50% off a VSIN All Access subscription for the rest of football season with our Big Game Special. Get access to our in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting split showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today and you'll also get our daily best bet emails from Bill 80, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college betting guide with a few bowl games left for only $39 at vcin.com backslash subscribe. woo Man, see, you have enough jobs around here. Do you really need to steal mine? That's the only thing I'm good for is reading reads. And then Derek comes in and like, hey, can I do that, Mike? And yeah. now... I mean, I, what am I good for? I, nothing. I gotta, I, I, I gotta, Absolutely nothing. That's what I done. I'm I, I got a cheap rate. Plus, you know, I'm always looking for backup plans. The way these, <laughs> the way the steam on these football games are going, I don't know. So I'm trying anything we can to mix it up. I'm surprised he didn't start with Derek Stevens Reed. <laughs> Bob Newhart spot. Oh, oh man, it is. Uh, it is good to finish up. This is the weekly spot. Stormy is on location. She's going to be on the sidelines New Year's Day for the Outback Bowl. So uh, they have to, you know, ugly up the show and bring me on. So, uh, but uh, Stormy is is doing her thing, and uh, she usually hangs with you guys on Thursday. So thanks for coming in. I can't believe Rod Gilmore got multiple bowl games. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> That's the bigger story here. Tim, congratulations! <laughs> Sideline reporting the Wisconsin Arizona State game. That would be fun. Very cool. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be part of uh, bowl season radio. So uh, if you're out and about uh, here in Las Vegas, we'll be on locally Sirius XM eighty three. So if you're out and about, I'll be. Uh, Tuning in and uh, letting people know what's going on, on the sidelines. I I picked Stormy's brain when we co-hosted last uh, Christmas Eve uh, on the morning show. My guy, uh, uh, not my guys in the desert. Follow the money. I I was like, just tell me what to do. So uh, I'm 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 hoping I can uh, not screw it up enough. But no, looking forward to it. Going to be a lot of fun and uh, should be a good game. Uh, how how have the 
the scene been here with uh, I've seen a lot of the videos of pep rallies and whatnot. How have the, the fan bases travel? I know, you know, with the recent spike in COVID and all that, that might hinder some people. But overall, how has it been? A lot of red. A lot of red? It's a lot of red. What, we, what shade of red? Are you talking about pure red or maroon? I'm talking about on Wisconsin. We, we, <laughs> we dropped this game to six for about a half a minute yesterday. Yeah. Now now we're going up past the seven, so it's going to be all Wisconsin money, and I'm not sure I disagree with that move. Mike, you were on Follow the Money this morning when you said we're going to need uh, Arizona State tonight, and uh, since then it's gotten twice as bad. <laughs> so it's just all Wisconsin money yeah. coming in the door. There was a, there was an older gentleman from, from Wisconsin who stopped Joe Wardle and I, who's our director of table games. He said, can you explain these numbers up here on the board? <laughs> if, if we want to bet that this game, what it means, he says, like, Wisconsin minus four in the first half. I said, well, Wisconsin have to win by five or more. If they win by four, you get your money back. He said, but what's that minus 105? I said, well, if you bet $105, we're going to give you back 205. You win 100. He said, well, what if I bet $1,050? <laughs> and he said, and what's this money? What's this minus 240? I said, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Starting to learn learning about the money lines there. But, yeah, we got that game going on tonight. Uh, good news for the books. I know we, we'll get to Circa Millions here in just a second, but – uh, we had Jeff Benson on yesterday. <laughs> I was saying to him, not that you need the need the uh, indication on it, but the steam, the late steam had all come home, whether it have been, you know, the flip of favorites in the Houston-Auburn game or the flip of favorites in, in, uh, in Air Force in Louisville or Maryland late steam there or, you know, Texas Tech actually here. I think you guys were one of the few books that had it. Texas Tech dropped down to an eight-and-a-half point dog. A lot of other places stayed nine-and-a-half or ten, and they thump, uh, thumped them. But – Crazy steam on North Carolina this morning, and South Carolina took care of business with with ease. So that was probably a good result. That was, I mean, that was the first uh, first big steam play we've seen that actually went went the houses. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. When you talked about it with Jeff last night, I mean, it was uh, it was just a, a heck of a streak here. I mean, it's been uh, it's been something. I mean, this is the information age, and and uh, and boy, oh boy, the information's been coming out. Obviously, with opt outs and COVID so mm-hmm. being a part of it, but then just general motivation levels is a whole nother, a whole nother element. I mean, the Bob Stoops thing's just unbelievable, and, and you know, I mean, it's just like, I just what are you going to do? Last it's, night. This is a Matt Metcalf's nightmare season right here. I mean, him and Chris Bennett trying to keep up to date with their team. I mean, it's it's been tough as a, on the bookmaking side of things. Well, Mike, uh, you know, we've got Captain Michigan over here. What do you think about? The nightcap tomorrow, Michigan catching seven and a half against Georgia. Yeah, I think they beat Georgia. Ooh. I got, I, well, look, it's going to come down. Can Michigan run the ball? Right. I, mean, I think that's what it is. Because all if about. they can, then I think McNamara doesn't have to put the ball in tight windows. It'll open up the play action. But look, this wasn't a weather fluke, them beating Ohio State. They dominated the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And let's face it, outside of Alabama, Georgia didn't play anything close to the schedule Michigan played. Wisconsin's better than anything else they played. Michigan State's better. They won at Penn State, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had to play all these games, including Ohio State. I think they're they're toughened up for this. I said to him in that Wisconsin game, when Harbaugh went for it twice on fourth down on the opening drive in his own territory, they're on a mission this year, this team, and he's got the horses to do it. I think they win the game. I took him at eight. I've also got him on the money line. Nice. Okay. I haven't made a play. Uh I, I'm. I, it feels a little bit of a trendy dog. So that's some. How do you think this ultimately? Do you think that what Mike? Do you think this moves under seven? Or are we going to no, stay set seven no, and a half? I think. I think it'll stay at seven and a half. I, I do. Maybe it ticks back up to eight. I think you'll see some money back on Georgia here. I mean, they they were consensus number one and so dominating throughout the year. I'm interested in the other game because mm-hmm. 
I want to lay the point. I, you know, I had Cincinnati make the playoffs. Yeah. Hit that ticket. Nice. It all well worked. Done. But how did they stay with Alabama? How did they How did they defend? And, and Amal is all over Cincinnati. He he thinks they're going to make a great game of this against Alabama. He thinks they have the secondary. They do to slow down Bryce Young. Look, they have they have a great secondary. I mean, Cody Kobe Bryant and uh, and Brian Cook, their safety and Sauce Gardner, they're all pros. But I mean, we've we've done this before. We always try to talk ourselves whether it's Michigan State or Washington or Notre Dame. Like, oh, they can cover. They can keep it close. No, Notre Dame miraculously got the cover last well, year after they should have punted. They tried to punt and then they went. Whatever. Uh, Saban took his foot off the gas in the second quarter that, in that game. So that's my thought, guys, on this game. And I've been saying it for a couple of days now. I like the under because of what we saw yeah. last year. Saban put Notre Dame at arm's <laughs> length and said, we're just going to lean on you and get to the championship game. They don't have Najee Harris anymore. They've struggled to run the ball, but I think they'll be able to run the ball against Cincy. I would lean towards laying it, but I, I go more towards the under in this game. There's there's a there's a little bit of his respect for Notre Dame. He's a devoutly Catholic coach coming from West Virginia and being in the SEC, and I think he has a certain amount of he doesn't want to seriously really? in, in Europe. He is though. He is his, they have their own their own Catholic center at the University of Alabama, the Nick Saban Center. Uh, he he wears it on his sleeve. They do. They do. I mean, and and that's that's Baptist territory down there. But so I think it may be a little bit different here with him and Luke Fickle. All right, before we uh, before we wrap things up, I usually get a whole hour to talk to Derek, so this is weird. I got to condense it to one segment. Um, Circa Survivor, we're down to five, and then there were five. Two weeks to go. A couple people are still eligible for the the million dollar extra million dollar bonus. Um, what what's the strategy this week? Well, yeah, you got you got five. Three have uh, three have the million dollar bonus right. available to them. Two with Kansas City, one with Tampa. You know, after you after you take a look at all the X's and O's and strategy here, it looks like uh, it's going to make sense to uh, have uh, have them go for that million dollar bonus. That looks like where the value is right now. Um, you know, the, there's two uh, two opportunities, two contestants that have San Francisco, which looks not quite as uh, as wonderful as it did early in the week. Right. Uh, because you now you got a quarterback situation uh, problem, and then you know when you have a six million dollars or six million dollar chop on the line, can you really go with Seattle? You mm-hmm. know against these mm-hmm. fighting Lions, could you really go with the Bears? I mean, the, the strategy here is going to be really amazing, and that's why I'm so happy we brought uh, you know Circus Survivor, Survivor to America, because you know this is an open contest, over four thousand participants, yeah. and now we're all kind of rooting on uh, the final five. Yeah, it's interesting. We've been debating this on the nightcap. You know, that one per, uh, contestant who has Tampa Bay, they got the Jets this week, but they play the Panthers next week. I've been adamant because I, I believe uh, we had the graphic up. Uh, if we could pull that graphic up one more time. The contestant who has the Buccaneers has the Bears at home laying six against the Giants, uh, has the Seahawks, uh, which, you know, can you can you trust them there? I think you got to roll with it and, and hold Tampa if I were him. Now, I'm also not playing for $6 million. I think you saved Tampa for, for this Panthers. very reason, though. And they're a bigger favorite at home against the Panthers than they are this week. you got to take your shot here with the Seahawks. It comes down to, Derek said it well, Seahawks or Bears. I don't know. It's a tough choice. Right? It is. Everybody not- has Seattle available. I really think it's going to be, obviously, the two people in San Francisco will play him this week. And then I think the other three are probably going to go with Seattle. <sighs> We've debated. I would. I was leaning towards the Bears a little bit, but the storyline of this year's Survivor. I said this to Derek on Sunday. Is for the whole contest for mm-hmm. four thousand eighty people. 
when did you stop fading the Lions? Right. That really makes a difference on whether you're here or not. Because we, <laughs> we we got crushed. Was that Big Balls who got crushed on fading the Lions? Yeah. I think on our a, contest? Yeah, I believe so. On the yeah. nightcap contest? The winner, Big Balls, he went, what, eight weeks deep? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you'll be back. I heard rumor told me uh, you'll be at the nightcap tonight on the nightcap. Yeah, I'll be at nightcap with, uh, with Big Balls. He'll be on with uh, Mr. Shaw tomorrow. I'll be on with Mr. Shaw tomorrow. Breaking down the uh, the playoff, yelling at each other. All right, that's going to do it for me here on My Guys in the Desert. Happy New Year. This has been My Guys in the Desert right here on VEASAN. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.